we said to each other what happened to our dreams like we always talked about the traveling and then we just decided to quit our jobs we were renting a house we don't have a mortgage no kids there was nothing really holding us back so we thought okay we'll just give up everything our jobs and find ways to get rid of our stuff and buy a bike and and go Later on, we decided we really want to sleep in a campsite, but it's already really late. So let's go find camp spots. And we found uh, some woods where we camped. And then in that night, not far from us, they were shooting the AK-47s, just shooting around. And we were like, okay. Overall, in Iran, it was more of meeting the local people and staying with them. And that was really interesting because we didn't really do that in other countries. But the nice thing about Greece is that you have all these just small beaches everywhere. You go around and you have a beach where nobody is and you can just camp there. So that was really nice and all these beautiful spots. It was really nice because it's pretty touristy. There were a lot of people, but because you have your own bike and you can go wherever you want. A lot of buses with tourists go to one place and then and to another place, but there is in between there are a lot of just places where nobody is. So you can explore and have the feeling that there's no tourists at all, where you know that it's a really touristy place. So that was really nice. Welcome to the Winging It Travel podcast with me, James Hammond, where every Monday I'll be joined by guests to talk about their travel stories, travel tips backpacking advice and so much more right now i'm taking the podcast on the road traveling with me so tune in every week for short form episodes detailing all my travels alongside my monday guest episode are you a backpacker traveler gap year student or simply someone who loves to travel then this is the podcast for you this is a casual informative podcast designed for you to inspire you to travel there'll be stories to tell tips to share and experiences to inspire Welcome to the show. Let's get into the episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode where I'm joined by Nina and Q, who are also known as Travelling by Pedaling. These guys have been biking and hiking around the world since 2021 and we're here today to talk about that said trip. We have a mutual friend by the name of Lawrence who I met in Nepal and he recommended these guys to come on the podcast, which is great. I'm very excited about this. So welcome to the show, guys. How are you doing? Hi, yeah. We are good. Good. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah, no worries. Where in the world are you right now? Uh, we're currently in Hobart, Tasmania. So it's an island on the southeast coast of Australia. And what is the weather like there now? Uh, a bit chilly. So it's the <laughs> first winter for the, in two years' time. But it's okay. a mild winter. It hasn't really dropped below zero. Um, but yes, yeah, getting a little bit used to. We didn't really have clothing for this, luckily for visiting <laughs> family. Um, so my brother borrowed us some some jumpers and uh, beanies to wear so uh, we're, we're good to go that was the biggest challenge of our trip this year it was the weather because we started in europe in the winter so when we got past march i had all this like cold weather clothing that i was carrying around but I don't need anymore it's a bit of a nightmare <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a lot of space as well yeah, yeah. those are the big clothing <laughs> yeah but i guess if you travel the world over a year in different parts of the world you got to have different parts of clothing right for each season i guess yes the the plan was to be on the road for two years um and then we thought we would definitely hit every season and we wanted to go into high altitude as well like mountain ranges so 
we had to be ready for every, anything that would come our way. So we also have like uh, some good gear. Um, but we are lucky enough that we left some of the gear in Bangkok. Oh. We'll talk about it a little bit later. Okay, let's start with your pedaling through Europe. Uh, I want to hear about that part of the trip. First of all, where are you both from? And delving into your history, did you both have an interest in travel from an early stage, like growing up? We are both from the Netherlands. And um, when when I was younger, you as well. Um, but for me, uh, we went camping every year. And we in the beginning, we always went to France. A lot of Dutchies go to France. And then later on, we tried to mix it up and every year go to another country. But it was still like holidays. I think traveling and holidays are two different things. Where in holidays, you stay mostly on one place, maybe change it up for a week or so. And then just relax and do some sightseeing, but mostly relax. So traveling started for me a bit later on. Uh, when I was 18, I went backpacking through Southeast Asia for three months. And later on, I, after the studies, I went to Peru. And there for me, the, the love of hiking started. And I picked it up and tried to do it more often. And for me, it's like a similar thing. Like in, back in the day on holiday, we used to go camping in France. When I got a little bit older, my mom said no more camping. I was going to stay in mobile homes, a little bit more comfort. Uh, so I gave up on the tent. And only till we met that we went on holidays together. That's when we started camping again, just in the tent. And for me, I think the traveling bug, a place when I was 15, I was playing cricket for the Dutch youth teams. And we made this really cool journey to Kenya. And it was the first time to be exposed to um yeah just africa or like a different continent at all um and it was so fascinating to see so from that moment in, in time um i was like really okay this is so interesting and it yeah i was just i think from that moment i was just hooked um but for me traveling also started later maybe this i could say this is my first real travel like i've been to different places but it was all through sports and um just holidays with uh, the family and this is the first time that i really could roam freely and do whatever I want and not being stuck with like programs or anything. So it was quite liberating and very, really enjoyable way. You just travel or see the world. I'll tell you what, sports is a great way to get involved and travel because I wasn't expecting you to say cricket because I love cricket as well, obviously. It's not very common in the Netherlands. No, it's, it's quite unique. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But they do have a good one day team, Holland. They're competitive, right? They can, they can challenge on a day. Yeah. yeah. They're actually, there's a World Cup qualifier going on right now and they're playing West Indies tonight, which is a very massive game. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, we'll be missing out on that because we're going to go camping later on today. Yeah. But I will be following that as much as possible. Um, yeah, that's for qualifying for the, the World Cup this year. Yeah, I think it's this year. Yeah. They do have a very good team, but there's not a lot of Dutchies in the team. So, uh, uh, okay. I was part of the, 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 the group for uh, like probably five years and then you yeah. have a selection of maybe 18 people and four or five of them are Dutch and the other ones are South African, Australian, Kiwi, yeah. uh, <laughs> British with like Dutch heritage um, right. and they are eligible to play for the, the Dutch team. So it's quite competitive to get in the team, but it's also good for Dutch cricket because it gets taken to a different level. Um, mm. And you also get coaches from abroad and they come and play in the, the regular competition in the Netherlands, which also 
makes the the level just go up. So I think it's good for for Dutch cricket. Yeah, and if you're a kid playing cricket, uh, they normally, if you're quite a good cricket club, they do like an exchange, don't they? Go and tour. Normally, a country that's quite exotic and good weather. Yes. Yeah, I've been to very various of countries. So to Kenya, South Africa, Zimbabwe, Canada, mm. Sri Lanka. Australia, New Zealand, like the faraway countries I've been to through cricket, also the UAE. Um, yeah, I might be missing something. And then every year in Rome. Yeah, mm, and I play for nice. play for a club in Rome as well, which they fly me in every year. Oh, wow! Just nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's great. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it gets me to a lot of places. I'm very grateful for that, but also very happy now that I've actually gave up cricket for the last two years to do this travel and really like the the liberal way or just the freedom of going anywhere because there was also a moment in time where we were in colombo in sri lanka and we were just there for a three-week training camp and also playing some games Mm -hmm. and after two weeks i got a little little depressed but a little bit down because i'm like i'm in such a beautiful country but the only thing is i see is my hotel room and the training ground and gym yeah. And that's it. And we weren't really allowed to go and roam and explore places by ourselves. So then it's like, I mean, just in such a beautiful place, but it's just business as usual. And um, yeah, that made me feel like, oh, come on, let me go. I want to explore. <laughs> so that's, that's the traveler in me. Yeah, I think as a job, amazing cricket. But yeah, it, it probably does restrict you if, if you're a cricketer that you just can't go out and travel the country that you're in, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, they yeah. probably have like one or two days, don't they? But that, that's it. So I think you made the right decision to... Because cricket is quite a long game, isn't it? Even if you have one day game, it's all day. And then if you have like a test yeah. match, just five days, it's quite long. It's a commitment. Yes. So the Netherlands, we don't have test status, but we play okay. like four day. It's called the I-Cup. And that was my specialty. Um, but it's very hard, especially in the Netherlands, to to say like, hey, I'm going on a, on a trip for cricket. I'm going to play a four day game. And then yeah. come back. What's the result? Yeah, we we we, we drew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to try explain that to Dutchies, that's uh, yeah, that is quite fun. Try explain it to Americans. They'd lose their yeah, shit. Yeah, no, no, that's probably even worse. <laughs> Enough talk about cricket because I'll be here all day. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to 2021. You're planning a trip uh, to go traveling. So what was in your mind in that year? Because obviously COVID was still quite new or raw at that point. Um, so what were you thinking in terms of a trip? Yeah, everything was a bit like we couldn't really really plan because because of COVID. Yeah. Um so we had an idea and we were thinking we because we chose for the bike, uh because we went bikepacking, um we thought we have all the freedom. We can always just go a totally different uh way to um if it's if it's not possible if there are closures or something mm-hmm. in terms of planning we were a bit lucky my mom is a bikepacker as well she goes bikepacking every year on her own and she knows a lot about making routes um and the stuff you need um so i think i could just talk with her about everything and just learn a lot so i learned to make uh, the routes with her and I had two different kinds of apps I could get from her because she paid for it and there in these two apps I worked planning and and reading the, um, the routes and yeah I have to say in terms of planning everyone was always saying like don't you have a plan but 
how can you go without? I mean, <laughs> everyone gets <laughs> well, a bit like uh, uh, anxious. Yeah. <laughs> but for us, it was liberating to not really have a plan and just go. Also, at the start, a little bit stressful. Yeah. Whereas, lucky me, I was actually planning to do the, the PCT, the Pacific Crest oh, yeah. Trail in the USA, yeah, yeah. like long yeah. distance hike. Yeah, and we always had the idea when we we, we met in, when uh, met in university, and in the first year we met and we started dating. We always talked about traveling and like we said, we're in the same year, so it's like okay, after we finish, we'll. The plan was to go to America and buy a van and and travel uh, through America. Yeah. Um, but as soon as um, or we grew as people or changed as people, so did the the, the plans um, changed, and I got a little bit delayed because of cricket uh, in uh, university. So Nina finished before me, then she went to Peru and travel. I was still traveling through cricket. Um, and then as soon as I was ending up my studies, we were both just rolled into work. And then after a couple of years, we're like, we both work in healthcare. So it was quite um, tough years in COVID time. So I worked yeah. in elderly care. So a lot of deaf people as well, and just just pretty tough years. And then it's like, okay, we said to each other, what happened to our dreams? Like we always talked about the uh, traveling. And then we just decided to quit our jobs. We, had, we were renting a house. We don't have a mortgage, no kids. There was nothing really holding us back. Mm -hmm. So we thought, okay, we'll just give up everything, our jobs, and find ways to get rid of our stuff and buy a bike and, and go. Yeah. Actually got inspired by seeing a documentary of Biking Borders on Netflix about two guys cycling from Germany to uh, Beijing. Bikepackers. Yeah, I watched that. A... Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That was quite yeah. inspiring. And like, and we had Nina's mother, who was an inspiration to us. And then mm -hmm. combined with seeing that film, it's like, I think this is a perfect way of traveling for us. And some yeah. books as well. There are some books about hiking and um, living uh, in nature and stuff where you see that going slow is really interesting to really um, feel the country, really ex experience the country in a different way. So at the end, because of all these ideas and about I th I, that ma made us choose for the bike instead yes. of... Um, yeah, a couple of things added up and that was like, for us, this is going to be yeah. the way. And actually the moment from making the decision to actually getting on the bike was like three months probably. Oh, quick. <laughs> Oh wow! So, yes, very quick. Yeah, and we were just very lucky that that's why I mentioned the PCT because Nina bought already a lot of gear for that. Got it. So she was really she did her research and everything, so I could just um, sit back a little bit, and she knew what she was talking about for me. Everything was fairly new, so um, I put my faith in her hands, and I'm very happy and lucky that uh, she had all the knowledge and put all the time and effort in it already. So I'm very grateful for that. So t two months before we went, we bought uh, bikes. These were second-hand bikes. I think they're around 30 years, years old. 30-year-old oh. uh, touring bikes. Yeah. Touring bikes. Uh, okay. really, yeah. yeah, really good. Uh, sturdy steel, bikes steel frame. And, yeah. Still doing great. Yeah. So. <laughs> My next question was, did you customize the bikes for your travels to make sure you had, like, I don't know, extra bits for space or... Make sure your tires are. Great. I don't know. I'm I'm not a bike uh, expert by any means. But like, did you customize your yeah, bikes? I have to say we weren't bike experts as well. Not, not at all. Actually. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, in the Netherlands, it's so normal to have a bike, but they're yeah. all really crappy, and you don't yeah. look at your your chain and I mean clean them or something. So everything was new for us as well, um, and we learned a lot along the way. <laughs> so okay. in the beginning, 
we just had what we bought and that's it yeah and then you then you rode off straight into yeah. germany i guess okay it was actually quite hard to to get to get the bikes because apparently in covid times a lot of people had the idea of going bikepacking or touring so mm. for me but it was actually a good thing there's only one bike in my size um so and i'm always really hard with making these big decisions so for me it was good there were no real options so i just had to go with the bike <laughs> there was uh which made it a fairly bit easier and they were made for touring so um yeah they were pretty customized or already so you can you know, have panniers on the front and in the back and everything so yeah that's i guess a very important part of that type of traveling right because you don't want to go with a i don't know a bog standard shitty bike i mean i, I reckon some people are that that wired to try it but i reckon yeah. you just need to have a proper touring or mountain bike that's built for that kind of travel i think yeah and i think we learned already a lot um because of my mom and she started just on a city a city bike she mm. had and just with some um some panniers she had already and slowly build up and changed to a touring bike and um the real water uh, panniers and everything so and we just bought everything new when we when we started, yeah. And some second hand. And some second hand as well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And did you have a, a time in mind for how long you want to travel for? Yeah, we started with the idea to stay away for one year. Okay. Um, and that changed. Yeah. Then we go a little bit past forward because, um, we had to go home, cycle from the Netherlands through, uh, Germany and then into Austria. Yeah, and yeah, like uh, we October. started in October. Twenty-one. Yeah. yeah, and after three and a half weeks, it was we were in the mountains, and it was that night. It was minus five degrees uh, degrees Celsius. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> and the days were beautiful and really warm as well, if the sun was out. Um, but there was ice on the road, and I fell off the bike. Um. And I broke my wrist, so we had to go uh, home. So right. that winter we stayed home and recovered. And then we changed our whole plan again um, because okay. we could work a little bit more. And um, yeah, so then our whole plan changed. At first, our plan was to go to Nepal. And then later on, we thought, why not make a plan to go all the way to uh, Australia and try and do it overland? Yeah. What uh, we knew it wasn't really possible, but okay. Um, well, we, we saw that a lot can change in like yeah. a blink of an eye. So we hope it will change uh, while we were cycling yeah, in a positive yeah. way in our benefits. So. Yeah. And then we decided to stay away for around two years, but we don't really have a plan. So it was just how long we like to. Right. So when you went back home, you worked, recovered, and then you started again. Did you do the same yeah. route that you planned to do, like from the first time? So no, no. We we skipped apart. Yes, and we were pretty early in the um, in the spring, so there was still snow in the mountains. So we okay. decided, and we it was still cold winter. We left on the fourteenth of March, twenty twenty two. Yeah, so it's yeah. officially like still winter. Yeah, so, so we, we wanted to skip. Decided to go by bus to um, uh, Italy. Yeah, and um, we went to Milan. Um, we skipped a little part yeah okay so i've got the route here uh, which i guess combines the first bit then the break and then the second part of the trip so i've got i'm just going to read out the countries and maybe 
we can just have like, I don't know, one or two minutes in each one, maybe like a highlight or something that's great about that country biking through it. So the route was Germany, Austria, Italy, Slovenia, Croatia, Bosnia and Herzegovina, Montenegro, Albania, North Macedonia, Greece, Turkey, Iran. Yes. Okay. This will be quite fun. Let's do like one or two minutes in each one. So Germany, what was the great thing about biking in Germany? Well, we left in October 21, so yeah. it was like fall time. And the, the colors, we were cycling along the Rhine, the colors uh, uh, changing every day were so beautiful, like from uh, really deep red to like golden, um, just unbelievably beautiful. And we were so lucky with the weather. And normally you expect a lot of rain, but we only had like one rainy morning and it was just really beautiful cycling along the Rhine and also the first time seeing the mountains in the south of Germany is like really thinking like wow we've already gone so far and that's like just the second country like at this as at the start you think like whoa we've already so far and I think that will stand out for us in Germany and just the the fresh bread from the bakeries and it was so good (laughs) (laughs) okay I'm not gonna label them the same but you go into Austria fairly same vibe do you think like same sort of feeling yeah and it was um the beginning of the real mountains so uh it was beautiful and i i think the road we for the, the first time we went sort of off-road through the mountains was just beautiful we were following the um, how was it called the claudia claudia augusta or something uh, via claudia yeah. augusta it's yeah. from munchen to uh venice okay so yeah. like a, a mountain biking route yeah, yeah it was not built for touring okay. bikes that are heavily loaded okay. so we had to walk sometimes yeah. but <laughs> um, it was beautiful yeah and i think what changed from germany is like there was really a, a ski vibe when we were in tyrol like you're really getting ready for the ski season and everything mm-hmm. and that's like not what we saw in germany or not as much yeah. okay and did you find austria like in terms of the roads like better than germany or was it same 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 i think in germany i had the feeling that there are more um bicycle lanes and just bicycle roads that are where there are no cars mm-hmm. really um but i don't yeah we were i think we were um happily surprised with that there were bicycle roads in germany and austria yeah, and true. to be honest in every country we've been there are bicycle lanes so yeah. We actually expected after the Netherlands to just stop and it will be a little bit more dangerous, but mm-hmm. we we're actually pleasantly surprised that they have that in different countries. Um, it doesn't connect all the way like we do have in the Netherlands. So sometimes yeah. the, the bicycle lane just stops and it's like, where are we supposed to go? Now? So <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. And, have a lot in Italy. Yeah. and then you have your break in Milan. And we took the bus because we tried to limit our, our flying as well. So yeah. when we went back, we went by train from uh, Austria back home. And then we took the flex bus um, to Milan, which was not the greatest, right? It was like 24 hours with stops and like they stop everywhere and they shout and then you have to get <laughs> off. And it wasn't a great experience, but it's a cheap way and good alternative for flying. But yeah. If you don't mind flying, I would definitely recommend that it's a lot quicker, easier. and. But I guess you would have obviously put your bikes in the coach, right? In the bus. Yeah, yeah so with the Flex Bus, they have a season for bikes. So okay. you have to book it only in the, the spring and summer. So the, that's why we left, as I think, as early as possible, because that's when the bike season started for Flex Bus. Okay. And there's just a, a like bike 
uh, racks on the back of the bus. So it doesn't have to go. You don't have ah. to really take them apart and they, they can just uh, be set on the back, which is uh, quite nice. Only Yeah, the second bus didn't have that. So we had to put them underneath in the, in the coach. Yeah, yeah. In the bus. Right. Yeah. Were they damaged at any point during the ride? No, not that right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Because I imagine I, from the Australian guys that I interviewed for their for their biking trip, they obviously flew from Australia to Southeast Asia and had to fly their bikes. Um, so I think that's yeah. like a big extra cost because you've got to wrap them up. It's a big, yeah. big box type thing. So I think that can add to the cost if you're not going to go on the bus or train. Yeah. It's a lot of, uh, I mean, if you wanted to do it as cheap as possible, you have to take a lot of time to do some research. And then it doesn't have to be that expensive, but it takes a lot of time. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of different airlines have different policies, so it can yes. add up. Sometimes they ask, charge you 250 euros per bike, and some airlines actually let you take your bike for free. Um, Got it. If you take it apart and put it in a small box, <laughs> yeah. but it, yeah. it is possible. If it's with their sizes, but I yeah. think we'll touch down on it a little bit later. And then Italy. The question, just probably the food, uh, oh, the yeah. coffees, and just we really <laughs> like that. Um, the first for us, the first time we had a little bit of warm, really warm weather as well. Yeah, um, that was really nice. And I think uh, in Italy we started for the first time or from a feeling the first time on a, a bicycle route but that's not true because we did before but um it was the e hero fellow hero fellow eight and we really like to go there because uh, in at the start of italy um we cycled just on my own made route Mm-hmm. But sometimes you're on a road and you think, oh, no, do we really have to cycle here with all these cars and they're going mm-hmm. so quick? Um, and then we uh, went on these uh, Euro Velo 8 route and it, oh, we yeah, loved it. Changed. It. <laughs> <laughs> it changed a lot. And it felt really nice. To don't, yeah. yeah, just cycling along the coast. Uh, also visiting Venice was probably a highlight and just... Uh, very a lot more remote just walking and cycling paths along the coast which is a good change up from the like even busy highways or like we've been cycling on the side of a road where they can go like 70 miles uh, 70 k's an hour mm-hmm. which is a bit dodgy and scary but um yeah so we're happy to find uh, the other route yeah. so the euro fellow they have different routes all over europe and this is one of them it stretches from gibraltar the street right. of gibraltar all the way to uh the Izmir in Turkey. Mm, oh, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's yeah. huge. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, huge. It is huge. And yeah, it's also from North Cup to like the south of Spain. It's like a lot of different routes. Yeah. All right. So the Italy portion would have been where to where? Which part of Italy was that? I think we found this mm. route just after Venice. Yeah, because it was along the on the coast, and we came from more inland. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So from Venice. From there, we, we followed, followed uh, all the, the way to like Albania. Because at this point, like we done the Interrail Pass this year, and we're following the same route as you. So you went to Slovenia next, which is yes. the same place that we went to because the train from Venice via Trieste goes to Ljubljana. So how was Slovenia? Yeah, the funny thing is, is that Slovenia, we were uh, going along the coast, and we were there for twenty four hours. Um, oh. And that was because we decided to sleep there because otherwise we would just go into uh, we Croatia. Have, we could have just gone in, in six hours, I think. And I think we just really want to go back to Slovenia and really travel 
only within Slovenia because yeah. we are really interested in this country. Um, the one thing that I really um, pops up in my mind is that it feels like the first Balkan country where the people are different and it was really nice and in a way and also a bit of an adjustment because you come from Italy where everyone is so like ciao ciao <laughs> really really outgoing and then you are in a country where nobody everyone is more like silent and doesn't have a smile at, at first but um but still really really nice yeah if yeah. you make contact with people then their uh, smile is really immense so that is really nice about um yeah and with Slovenia it's like we want to go there on holiday and explore the country so we'll definitely will do that uh, in the future um but like when we entered i think the roads were very good there was a oh. newly made cycling lane people were using yeah. it for like uh, uh, skating and uh just riding their bikes and walking it was just very beautiful like the only we've only been there for one day but it was like it was really you good feel uh, right right away that a lot of people like to go out yeah outdoors out, yeah it's an outdoorsy vibe even along the coast there, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the one country that we decided on this trip that we want to go back to. I think we're there for a week, like Ljubljana and yeah. Lake Bled. But it's so easy. Okay. It's not many people, easy trains, easy yeah. roads, green. People are actually yeah. very nice. They speak good English because Slovenian is like ridiculously hard to speak. So they have to speak English <laughs> to speak to tourists. And yeah. everything seems pretty like easy to book. So we we felt like we just want to go back. And I did interview a guy there who came on the podcast and he's American, but he lives there. He speaks like fluent Slovenian and he was telling me all these like tips and tricks to go to. So I have to go back. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly perfect. what you need. Yeah. And they have a country. really nice uh, foodie scene there as well. They make yeah. like their own orange wines and great food. And yeah, I think Ljubljana is a bit of a hotspot. So we would definitely want to go and visit. Yeah. I think I do. We had a pizza, is that pizza cake, which is like a local cake to bled mm-hmm. and unreal like can't believe what's tasting but Ljubljana is along the river right so you can just like bike like casually bike along the river and they've got like all cafes and bars there and anytime it's like mild weather they're out having a drink and good vibes yeah really enjoyed it yeah yeah yeah, yeah we can't really say we've been there we just passed through but we will definitely go and explore some more yeah yeah, yeah you should it's only gonna get better I think I still think it's a little bit unknown your next country Croatia is obviously much more well known to go to so yeah, yeah. Cool. yes yeah yeah so croatia is just a beautiful coastline and it was a bit of the, um, the thing of our travels it's like we just got there before the tourism so i think ah uh, yeah it, we entered croatia at the start of april so it's not too easy to find camp spots because there are campsites because there are a lot of still closed mm-hmm. um but we felt like the people were um at the start not very friendly because we were the first tourists for the year. So they are like, oh, they're already here. Come yeah. On, give us a break. And they were all like really building hard and setting up. And we could feel like we were, we felt like a bit, a little bit unwelcome. Um, but that after a while, we, we made a decision to get off the, the coast and more into the mountains. And the people were just unbelievably friendly there. I think for a whole week, we didn't have to set up our tent because we got invited by people. Oh, wow. Um, because we were just asking for water and they say it's too cold to sleep in your tent. Come and sleep inside and they cook us all uh, meals and gave us like, uh, when they caught like wild boar and cut it in, they gave it to us like as a snack for on the route. And all of a sudden, there's like 
maybe three people did that. So all of a sudden we had all this meat and we don't eat that much meat, obviously. <laughs> uh, or yeah, we don't bring it on the bike because it gets uh, bad quite quickly. Yeah, and yeah. We don't have like a, a fridge and everything. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was just like, we love the mountains. Also, it's very beautiful uh area in croatia which is unexplored because everybody always goes to the, the coast and it's yeah, really yeah. Ma- made for mass tourism um but we like to go like the other way um uh, yeah. to do you to... really feel that they yeah normally don't see any tourists so um yeah and that made it was our first real adventure for our feel yeah it felt like that and also we felt probably the, the unsafest on the bike Oh, because okay. uh, yeah, the, the 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 cars probably don't really like bikes, uh, bikes, <laughs> bikes with people there because they come really close. Yeah, and we were there in April, and in the winter there, you have like these winds, like the Bora Bora, different kind of winds. So there are still some very strong winds there, and sometimes you have these gusts from the side where you just get pulled on your bike, like they, they push you to the side, mm-hmm. and then in combination with the cars just passing by really closely, we felt quite unsafe. Yeah one point okay. we just had to stop cycling because we were like this is just crazy like we don't want to risk our lives um i think that's also maybe the point when we decided to go into the mountains which was like the best idea ever <laughs> and does the mountains hug the coast are you going down like the coastal part of the country but inland yeah so you could see yeah, yeah. so at some point you could actually see down there yeah. Yeah. and see the the see the coast yeah. and all the um, the islands so yeah wow. got a few yeah yeah so you, you are sort of in parallel to like zadar split i guess Havar, and dubrovnik yeah we went to split so from i think a little bit before Zadar, already, we went into yeah, the mountains yeah before yeah. zadar because we also wanted to go along the coast as well so it was a little bit more north then north yeah west northwest where we, we went like, into the mountains and we did the whole coast of istria so uh-huh. first Istria was the the coast. Then we didn't really like that, and then we went into the mountains. And then from Sadar we went along the coast again. So we did oh, okay. a, bit, a bit of both. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Because I imagine that coastline must be amazing. Yes. Yeah. It was also again a little bit more warmer and warmer. It got a little bit warmer, so we could go and swim in the sea. And mm-hmm. some people yeah. were like, "What?" Did you swim in the sea? It's so cool. But, I think I jumped uh, in the water in the Adriatic Sea on the 1st of April and people were like looking at me. If I was yeah, losing that shit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but after like a warm day, I was, we also bathed in the water in the, the Rhine in Germany in October because after the day's <laughs> Rhine, you're just hot. And I was like on the beach, it's like, I'm just going to go for it. Yeah. And you have to freshen up anyway. Of course, yeah, but yeah. Then from Split, we went back to Split to the coast. And then from there, we went to an island for a little break like a lot of people say okay you isn't like you know, one big holiday but it's actually quite mentally and physically challenging <laughs> it being is, yeah. on the bike yeah so we had like a four-day break on havar one of the islands yeah. where you can reach from, from split and we yeah. chose that island because we didn't have to go back to split but we could take a boat to the mainland a bit uh, further down the road so sure. we didn't feel like we were wasting time which is yeah. something we let go a little bit later and but... there was a nice wild camping spot there so we could just stay there and um yeah we're really lucky because there was because it wasn't the season yet there was a restaurant that was closed but their electricity did uh, works and water were, uh, runs so we it's all we need everything <laughs> yeah. there so 
<laughs> yeah, so we just did shopping for four days and then we had didn't have to go back into town to collect water or electricity. Yeah. So we could just charge everything and have enough water for cooking and drinking. And then after four days, we was like, okay, food is running up. It's time to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Havar looks amazing. That's one of the islands you got to go to, I think. Um, but Croatia, you make a good point in the off season. If you can, don't go like in the summer because it'd just be crazy. Yeah. yeah, mass tourism. Yeah. And, and yeah. even then, and... it was already quite busy with a lot of British tourists who were there in Havar. But we weren't really in the center. The center is yeah. very beautiful, but it had like a Monaco kind of vibe. It's like casinos and big oh. yachts and expensive boats. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a bit of a night scene there as well. There were some young Brits there. Yeah. But we were, there's beautiful nature there as well. So we didn't really have to go into the city that often. So we were only there twice. Mm. It was a nice city. It is. It is very beautiful. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then next was Bosnia. We went into Bosnia and then after that back into uh, Croatia. Okay. Um, And we followed um, a cycling route there as well. It was really beautiful Mm -hmm. and really wild. Like the the rocky... Yeah. It's like an old train route, which is not in use anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we just went to Mostar and then back and we were there for a couple of days exploring and you feel first a uh, first time you feel like the Turkish vibe already. Ah, okay. That's so nice about going slow and going fro- uh overland through uh through all these countries that you see a little bit the changes in a country as well mm. and you see different uh, cultures and um and there we were invited as well by a woman it was really nice in this old house and the thing was in bosnia was that you have these old villages and because of the war there are a lot of mm. ruins yeah. and then also houses that are built up again and you have just in one one village you have everything like the ruins and the children playing with the ball and then beautiful houses so and Every almost every village is like this. It's really strange and okay. Um, and this woman was living in a village with I think twenty other people and the rest uh, left the because rest... the one didn't want to rebuild. Yeah, looked like went to the city for better lives and and she rebuilt okay. it herself. So it was yeah. She had running water, uh, but it was all really uh, very primitive. Primitive, yeah, mm. and beautiful to see as well how she did this. And yeah, I don't know was nice yeah back into croatia then further on to montenegro because that kind of goes on the coast right yes montenegro yeah. was one of our favorite, favorite countries. countries yes we did oh. it looks amazing cultural yeah. yeah we didn't do a lot of cultural things we went no. to a couple of cities but the the mountains and the nature was just oh. unreal and one of the first days we went there we had to do like a 1000 meter climb Mm-hmm. It was like uh, zigzagging all the way up. It was yeah. really challenging. And when we reached the top, there was like a cafe, restaurant, bar there uh, called uh, Horizon, I think it's called. And it was just very basic. It was a guy with a bar and just opening up beers from the refrigerator. And we uh, sat down there. And there were like these platforms built overlooking like the KOTOR. Um, um, it's just like it unreal, so unreal uh, scenery. And then it's like, okay, we're pretty tired. It was four o'clock. It's like, what are we going to do now? Uh, we'll ask him if he knows a place where we could camp. And then he's like, oh, you can just camp on one of these platforms. So we had like the sunset and the sunrise on one oh. of these platforms. The only thing was, it was like the altitude was probably like 1400 meters. And yeah. 
it was very windy that night and uh, there was some thunderstorms yeah. really getting too close to our house. The sleep wasn't great, but uh, the views the next morning and the evening were like one of the most beautiful of the whole trip. Yeah, yeah I think Montenegro is the maybe like the, I wouldn't say hidden gem, but it's like the place that people don't normally go to, but they should go to. And this looks incredible. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think it has everything. Got... It has the beaches, it yeah. has the mountains and also the greenery. Um, it's a lot of history. Yeah. So yeah. it's just a beautiful country. And yeah, definitely would rec recommend it, but it's, yeah. it wasn't as cheap as we expected it to be. Oh, but that's, okay. Oh, that's uh, interesting. Yeah. Well, we hear yeah. it's quite I mean, it's very we, cheap. we are talking about groceries because we didn't really have other <laughs> expenses yeah. than <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. just sleeping in, sleeping in the wild. So um, Yeah, we sleep in our tent, so we don't go to like hotels, so probably yeah, that yeah. could be a lot cheaper. But if you look at groceries, it wasn't that more, cheaper yeah. than uh, Croatian. Yeah. And in Bosnia, we did buy groceries, like a whole bag of veggies for like 50 cents. And also one time we bought one, one tomato for 50 cents. Yeah, so. Yeah. We got really ripped off. <laughs> Depending where you, where you where you go. But it was, yeah, one of the highlights definitely in, in Europe. Yeah. Really, really enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah. And the next country is Albania, which should be cheap, I think, from what I've read and heard. Yeah. Um... It's uh, a lot of people said it's their favorite country. So we yeah. met a lot of other uh, bicycle people there um as well and a lot of people say you hate it or you love it and for us it was more hating it than loving it okay and um, it was the first time it was really really rough like the first thing so like the the border was just crazy people standing in line there and just grabbing each other's password and talking I, we loved that <laughs> that was really fun <laughs> that was fun <laughs> and the first shopping we did is like you don't get a receipt it's like all handwritten down and oh you wow the piece of paper back and yeah one of the first uh other traffic people we saw was like a guy standing on the back of a a, a, a barrel oh, how do you say it like uh when i was getting pulled by a donkey and was hitting the donkey with his with his whip and it was like right standing on on top there it's like okay we just got into a, a in what a, age are we now yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> into a time warp and it's very muslim country so it's the first time you really see like the uh, mosque and hear like uh yeah the, the prayers yeah the cult yeah, really yeah it was a beautiful entry and the first week so we took a break a little bit there is like um an eco uh, farm um that is on warm showers that is an app that uh so cyclists would open their houses for other cyclists mm -hmm. um and this eco farm was really a lot of people were talking about it it was so nice so we st uh, stayed there for a couple of nights and just had a break and it was really nice and we went into the city how was it called too Skodor, okay. and Skodor is sort of um, cycling, yeah, this the cycling city of the the country. So oh, okay. you see everyone on a bicycle, and yeah. it's just a really really nice city. And you, it, yeah, the way if you, normally we don't like to go into a city because of all the traffic and everything, but yeah. here we were just like a couple couple of minutes, and we were like, oh, we are in the city center already. Mm. That was easy. Um, and all the markets there and just a lot of exploring to do there. So that was really nice. Um, yeah. But then we made, a, I think, a, a wrong decision where we decided not to go through the mountains because we had done a lot of mountains mm -hmm. and we needed a break. Um, and uh, yeah, sometimes it's nice to go along the coast and then through the mountains again. And now we thought, OK, we're going uh, through the, the country. We 
we follow still follow the year of Velo 8 and you can sometimes choose which route of the year Velo 8 you do. Mm -hmm. And this one was more through the rural areas and the big cities. And I think that was just a wrong decision. It was not really nice. And um, then later on, we uh, had an invitation uh, of a guy who um, told us about his life and how uh, how they don't have any um, opportunities, opportunities and, and that kind of stuff. And that was, it was nice to hear or... I mean, good to hear from someone how his life is, yeah. but it felt a bit wrong or it felt, it didn't feel good for me in that moment. And then we said goodbye, everything was okay. And then later on, we decided we really want to sleep in a campsite, but it's already really late. So let's go find camp spots. And we found uh, um, some woods some where we camped. And then in that night, not far from us, they were shooting the AK-47s. Oh, like in the world, yeah. Just shooting around and we were like, okay, what are we going to do now? And yeah. we were really, really scared. And we knew it was a small percent chance that uh, we would get hit, but you never know. And uh, and also because it was so close, we were talking about, about it like it's such a small chance. But then when they shoot, you, your heart rate go up and you don't have any control about what you feel. So yeah. you can't think rationally. No. So after and, that, we and... just didn't feel it anymore. And we decided later on that we we took us a little bit of time. And then later on, we decided to hitchhike out of the country because we just didn't feel it anymore. I yeah. really wanted to make a difference. So um, we skipped the part and went to North Macedonia. Yes. Okay. And it's mostly young kids who have the AK-47s, which yeah. you don't know how they're going to react if they see you or what's going to happen. So yeah, um, for us, it was just uh, the wrong place, the wrong time, we think. And it was just not for us. I would definitely want to go back and give it a second chance because we've only heard good stories from people. Yeah. And the people were very friendly. But because of that incident, we are a little bit wary of everyone. Mm -hmm. um so uh and yeah, I think it's... young kids weren't really nice as well they are um like call me names and stuff so oh really it was a good oh, wow. different yeah different things and i think we just really want to go back because we want we want to feel what other people know about this country and we know that yeah. this is just a small part of it and there's a lot that and is, they have beautiful uh, mountains and beautiful coastlines as yeah. well so uh yeah we do want to give it a second yeah. chance yeah. yeah, I think Albania is an interesting country because I think a lot of the youngsters would leave to go somewhere else to find a job or whatever in Europe. It has yeah. got a weird vibe, and imagine that if you're traveling there, yeah, it's not comfortable. Like you said, you're kind of there by choice, but they don't want to be there. Yeah, it's a bit of a wild west, and they have yes. been closed for a long time. And uh, I think they have, yeah, just, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's also the first country that it's in more of a men's world already. And okay. maybe it, I had to adjust a little bit yeah. uh, in the feeling like, okay, I need to take a step back here. Yeah. I yeah. think this is just our experience. Yes. Uh, we were in the wrong place in the wrong time. Yes. It's a lot different for other people. A lot of people say you hate it or you, you love it. And I think we hated it at this point, point in time. But I think we there's a lot of things to love. So Yeah. 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 The man's well thing is interesting. We both found that very prevalent in the Middle East. I think I can't remember where we were. Maybe that's UAE. No, maybe not. Maybe it's somewhere like 
uh, Oman, my girlfriend likes, where are the women? <laughs> like, all the men are out. Yeah. Where are the women? Yeah, this is a very yeah. interesting world. I know in UAE, it's a really a, a country where the women don't, don't have a lot of rights. So Yeah, so you went to North Macedonia. That's quite an interesting place because, again, maybe not on many people's radars in Europe. So what was that like? Um, we were still a little bit in the aftershock of Albania. So yeah. the first couple of days was a little bit grey. So we were at Lake Oris, which is like a, one of the most popular tourist places there. Yeah. But because it was a little bit grey and we didn't really felt like it. It was not the best. But then the last day we went, I can't remember the name of the place, but we, we ran into this city, which had a really lovely vibe. And it was like this nice coffee bar where we sat for breakfast. And um, then after that, we continued into the mountains, and which was the last night. We only were there for three days. And the last day, night that we were there, we had this beautiful camp spot in the mountains. And that's the first time we felt safe and good again. And because we told our, our, ourselves, like, if it's this feeling of insecurity and uh, not feeling safe and not enjoying it um, uh, holds on, we'll stop the journey and just go back, uh, which is yeah. okay. Yeah. But uh, luckily enough, after I think five or six days, we felt like ourselves again and we could enjoy the travel again. And uh, yeah, it was a beautiful part as well. I think and they have a lot of beautiful nature there as well. And that felt really nice to be in the mountains again. And uh, I think we just have to choose for the mountains and the hard part. Yeah. <laughs> it's harder to ride, but it's a lot more rewarding. Yeah. It was actually quite funny because we hitchhiked out of the country of Albania to Northern Macedonia and it was so funny because they're in the back of a truck, our bikes were in the back of the truck as well. And it was just so easy. The guy, the truck driver, just grabbed our passports and gave it to them and we thought it was going to be a bit of like... They opened <laughs> the truck and saw two bikes there yeah. and it was okay. <laughs> yeah. Like all the bags as well and they didn't even open the bags yeah. or ask oh, wow. any questions. It was like fairly easy. We thought this could be maybe a bit of a problem because we're just here with this random man in, in his truck. Yeah. But it was all okay. <laughs> and then you go into one of my favorite countries, which is Greece. Yeah. Uh, did you like it? We loved it. Yeah, yes. we really loved Greece. Especially at the start, we didn't know that, that you could go, actually go skiing in Greece. There were like ski oh, yeah. resorts and the beautiful mountains. Oh, yeah. and in the, the north. Yeah. The first night, we had like a beautiful camping spot on the side of a forest. And we were making like a campfire. And then all of a sudden, we heard like quite a big animal on, was very curious on the side of the we think it might have been a bear, but we're not sure okay. uh, on the outskirts of the forest. And because we had the fire, we were in the open field. It didn't really come out of the woods. But that was a quite interesting um, yeah. yeah, encounter okay. the first night. Yeah. And for me, Greece, I, we really loved it, but I had a lot of mechanical problems. I think I had in one week 10 flat tires. My chain broke eventually. Right. Uh, all these kinds of things. Uh, yeah. So that was a little bit of a downside of the experience, but the country itself was just lovely. Yeah. Only thing is the, star, uh, the dogs. <laughs> yeah, the dogs. That was in Croatia already. Yeah. But in Greece, I don't know. Uh, next level crazy. There were dogs. next level level crazy dogs, and I think <laughs> there are more in groups. So um, that yeah. was one thing that we didn't mm. like. Uh, for yeah, the... normally stray dogs are not really the problem it's more like the guard dogs of houses and yeah. they're very territorial and we had that uh, as well but in Greece like there were packs of just stray dogs that would come after us and <laughs> one time uh, I was navigating for one day I don't know why anymore <laughs> probably because I was commentating on her navigation skills which are very good 
<laughs> so and then I was doing it and I took a wrong turn and all of a sudden we ran into this pack of stray dogs like maybe like 15 and they're like coming after us it was quite scary but <sighs> we're still alive but Greece yeah so we started in the mountains and then later on we lo- went along the coast um had amazing food and um were invited by these men who were having lunch together and we worked in their garden for a bit to help them out and to give something back and um had like the typical greek lunch with a few uh, a couple of men just oh, the whole table was full of food salad <laughs> fish off the barbecue and like we really like that it's like the the tablecloth is where you say that it's like one, one big napkin so you can just use it to, to get your greasy fingers on it and yeah. everything yeah. is done by hand and we're just having a conversation well, and drinking beers and uh raki which yeah. Is, yeah nice. it was nice to have some uh contact i think almost every country we have been invited by someone um mm-hmm. but it was nice to um, meet these people there was some communication uh, problems because we thought this man showed our, uh, his house and showed a bedroom where we could sleep that night oh <laughs> so we were like oh no no problem have some beers have some maraki and then later on it was like okay where are you going now we're like uh, we thought we would sleep here. <laughs> <laughs> like no 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 we're leaving no we're leaving now so what, where are you going <laughs> Oh, because uh, <laughs> they couldn't really speak English. We, uh, yeah. Everything went, uh, was in German, but Big then German. broken German of us and broken German of them. So miscommunication. Uh, but the nice thing about Greece is that you have all these just small beaches everywhere. Mm. You go around and you have a beach where nobody is and you can just camp there. So that was really nice and all these beautiful spots. What was your route? in greece where did you go did you go to any islands oh, no, no we didn't so we went like from the mountains uh south to tasanoliki and from there uh, i think along the the coast towards turkey uh, okay. so it was a bit of the the, the quickest route um yeah. it was a, the quickest quickest route and i think uh greece is also a country we would like to go back to and uh, explore some more because there's so much in such a big country i think it's similar to yeah. croatia so maybe avoid like the the high season and yeah, the yeah. mass tourism yeah. yeah but i think there's a lot of people go to the same places and i think there's just so much to explore in so many islands who are as good or better or a little bit and also inland you have these mountains and big lakes where you can swim as well so i think there's enough enough of the country you can explore yeah you really want to go back i think there's so many places in greece it's quite overwhelming there's so yeah. many islands there's so many mountains there's so many cities it's a place yeah. where you could probably just do a whole trip on its own yes definitely you could easily spend a month there or longer yeah yeah absolutely yeah and then you crossed into turkey yes that was the first time like getting really close to leaving europe yeah and it was actually quite interesting because we had this route um, going from Greece into Turkey. And just it was a route on Google Maps as well. But mm-hmm. all of a sudden the roads were gone and we were just like on these backsides. And we kept finding all these clothes laying around. And later on we found out this was like a human trafficking kind of route for people uh. to get from Turkey into, uh, into uh, Europe. 
Yeah. Um, and we were sleeping there because we didn't want to um, go into um, Turkey later in the day. It's always like a new country. You don't know really what to expect. Mm-hmm. So we thought, okay, we want to stay close to the border and go into Turkey the next day. But we got woken up at like the the, the police in the morning um, at 6 a.m. because they were like, hey, what's going on here? Yeah. Um, sleeping in the tents. But then we showed our European or our Dutch passports and everything was okay. And got it's it. more for like, yeah. So we were at that moment also know how privileged we are with our, our passports and everything. And it was yeah. not really a problem. And also didn't really like we have been to Turkey before. Like you've been to one of like the main resort places, and I've been to Istanbul once, but we didn't really know what to expect. So Nina's getting all like dressed and wants to respect like the Islamic culture. Uh, okay. But then like like a couple of days in, we saw like people are not really wearing headscarves or showing a little bit of skin. So it was fine for us as well because obviously you're on the bike the whole day. It's not nice to a be. A lot of people show love skin. <laughs> <laughs> we did go to Ankara. And we felt that's a bit more conservative. So Emma did get dressed up there, out of respect, but Istanbul or, or the West. I think in Konya is also a little bit more religious. and uh... Yeah, and also in the small villages. I mean, after because we are on a bicycle, yeah, you get into the small villages. So uh, the first few days we were also in these villages where the, the women had the, had the hijab and everything. So yeah. Um, more conservative yeah a little bit more conservative but i didn't really feel like i needed to um yeah to dress yeah and what's the route through turkey you just trying to get to the east well we actually an old colleague of mine she uh is married to a turkish man and she does like hiking and biking routes in turkey Mm -hmm. so she gave us her route which goes from istanbul to konya through the mainland and that was the plan yeah, uh, but we met some um, Turkish bikepackers on the way, uh, and they invited us like uh, in Istanbul. Uh, one of them lived in Istanbul, or they all lived in Istanbul. Yeah, and they were just doing a lap around uh, the lake, Marmaris Lake. Oh yeah. So we met up with them, and they told us uh, when we showed us our routes, like, no, you have to do the coast because the coast is just really beautiful. And they could give us some routes as well because they have done a lot of bikepacking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In Turkey, there are a lot of bikepackers, so that's really nice. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is like a, a biking school thing outside of Istanbul. We didn't go there, but that's where a lot of bikepackers meet up and meet each other. And they learn kids how to ride their bikes there. And they've got this big gymnasium where everybody can stay. So you sometimes even have 20 bikepackers there staying there at once. Right. Uh, which is quite quite fun. Like we had heard stories from other people, but we didn't really experience that. But we really loved Istanbul. We stayed there for eventually 10 days. First, we heard um, horrific stories about cycling into Istanbul because it's such a oh, big yeah. city and the traffic. Yeah. So we heard that you can take the boat from Bandirma on the south of the of the Marmaris Lake uh, yeah. straight into Istanbul, which makes it a lot easier. Um, so we did that. So we followed more first the coast down south and then from there to uh, Bandirma. Yeah, from Bandirma to the boat to Istanbul. And then later on, we stayed uh, at, at the house of this Turkish man. He was saying, okay, you don't want to cycle out of the, in the city. And he arranged a, a bus for us. Okay, yeah. Uh, we started from Çanakkale, And then from there, we went along the coast. Towards like, we went past Troy, Ephesus. Yeah, so we uh, went all the way to Izmir. And then later on, we took the boat. 
boat from Bodrum to Dutcha. Also, okay. we wanted to skip that part because we had to. We thought we had to go along the coast, then into because it's like an outskirt of Turkey. Yeah. So we thought we had to go back and uh, in towards the mainland, and then back around the same coast. But then we heard you could take a boat from uh, from Bodrum, so uh, we did that, and it was like Dutcha part was actually one of the most beautiful rides we did in North Turkey. Yeah. There okay. were some like abandoned beaches or not abandoned beaches just beaches where nobody no, were so one time we had to do a little bit of a hike we left our bikes a little bit more along the road and hiked down to find like this private beach was like unreal and just very beautiful and there's some snorkeling there and see a lot of fish made a campfire and camped there for the night did you go to cappadocia yes we did yeah so after we followed the coast and from one point after um Antalya. We went inland uh, into the mountains, and then uh, from there we went to uh, first lake to uh, Tuskulu. Tuskulu. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a salt lake. So um, we cycled over uh, on a road that goes through these, the, uh, through the lake. It was mm-hmm. beautiful. From there we went uh, towards yeah Cappadocia. Yeah. And in Turkey we cycled a lot with others. Uh, bikepackers so oh, okay. two weeks with yeah. one couple and two other weeks with another couple and in um Cappadocia we weren't with a group of eight oh. in total yeah so that, that was really fun and we just explored there and it was really nice because it's pretty touristy there yeah. were a lot of people but because you have your own bike and you can go wherever you want so a lot of buses with tourists go to one place and then mm-hmm and to another place but there is in between there are a lot of just places where nobody is so you can explore and have the feeling that there's no tourists at all where you know that it's a really touristy place so yeah. um that was really nice and uh we, last night last we, night we, we slept in a in a cave one mm-hmm. of the caves yeah we just tried and find one and that was really really cool and we slept really good <laughs> and it's like a movie night with the to, with, with one other couple from uh, Belgium, they're French talking, but we really hit it off. Yeah, me yeah. cycled, but she said already with the two weeks with them before that, and we met up again in, in Cappadocia. It was so nice to see them again, mm-hmm. and we're already looking forward to when we go back home to meet up with them because we really felt like it's a yeah friendship that will last a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then after Cappadocia, um, we uh, were in Turkey for a long time, and we. Uh, had only uh, three months you can be in in country yes. for three months yeah. um, so we had to skip a part because we just didn't take this, the quickest route and we just t- took our time mm-hmm. um, so we skipped a part and then um, went to the city Erzurum and from there we cycled towards um, we had to go to Erzurum because we had to arrange our visas for Iran yeah so uh, otherwise okay. we probably would have stayed more on the south side. Yes. Um, the part that was hit by the the earthquake. So uh, because we had to go to Erzurum, we uh, we went more inland and then yeah. pr- we took the, the bus. And <clears throat> it's also we felt not a bit rushed, but because we booked our flights home, um, because we wanted to see uh, my brother who lives in Australia, where we're actually visiting now, yeah. um, was coming to the Netherlands with his whole family. And... On the time that we were on the bike, my sister gave birth to her son, her second child, and uh, my other uh, nephew was born 
in Australia, um, but because of COVID times, um, we hadn't uh, actually met them. So it was like so many reasons to go back to the Netherlands. Uh, yeah. So we did that. And we really wanted to be for one month in Iran. So we decided to skip apart. So we had enough time for Iran and we knew when we would uh, fly back home. So uh, the last part of Turkey was a big difference. And the thing was that because you skip a part, you don't see the the small changes. Yeah. So you feel that it is different. And the one thing uh, you see is that the, the poverty there is massive. I mean, uh, it was sometimes you're you're thinking, OK, uh, there are people who are poor, but they have a good life. Um, mm-hmm. They have a village. Everyone uh, uh, has their own uh, veggie garden, and and life is okay. Um, but here, the poverty was different. Uh, uh, people were it looked a bit sad, and it was the first mm. time we saw uh, this kind of uh, poverty. I think that's a lot of Kurdish people who don't really have a place. They don't feel yeah. Turkish. They don't, don't feel do, Turkish. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't have their own country. So and they're a bit, a bit mistreated by the government. Yeah, so I think so that's yeah. a lot of. Poverty. People. Yeah, we felt that, and then, uh, um, but the nature there was also really different, like these rocky mountains, and it was really massive. Everything was massive there, <laughs> so that was beautiful. So, are you going towards the land border of Iran? Yes. Yeah, so Mount Ararat. Yeah, okay. so we passed Mount Ararat uh, into the into Iran. Yeah. Okay, but you had to get your visas before the land border. Yes, this is the first time we really needed a, a visa, and it's quite strict in Iran, or at least you have to really apply for it. So um, it took a bit of time as well, but uh, in yeah. the end, it was all good, and we arranged uh, the visas. And the land border was quite was not hectic, but there was like lots of lines of trucks in in front of the border, mm-hmm. and you had to really go through gates and from different places to, and they checked all these things and like the, the vaccination things and. It was a little bit hectic and people, they don't see a lot of tourists, especially with the bike. So a lot of people were interested um, in us and we met a really nice uh, Iranian couple um, from, they were our age and they could speak really good English. So yeah. that was very helpful. They helped us uh, with a couple of things and even invited us to come and stay uh, at their house as well in the, uh, in Tabriz. Yeah. yeah. And was your plan just to try and make it to Tehran for your flight back to... Holland? Yes, so the plan was to go to Tehran and from there uh, still take a train um, uh, to uh, Shiraz because we really yeah. wanted to go to Shiraz. Mm. And I think that was not the plan. The plan was to do as much as possible on, on the oh, bike. Oh yeah, in the beginning. But, but the, the, the climate was, I think it was August when we were in Ooh. Iran. It was just so hot. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people already decided not to go into Iran. Then, uh, because of the because war, of the, the war heat. And, uh, yeah. So the plans changed. So I think yeah. in the, the 30 days that we were in Iran, we only cycled for 10. Okay. So we stayed with the, the family or the, 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 the couple in Tabriz for, I think, five days. And they showed us around. So we did some little day trips um, around the, the area. And we stayed in a different city after that, the Ardabil, which okay. is on 1,000 meter uh, elevation, which makes it a little bit cooler. But it was still like 30 degrees. And um, we were there in the time where they do the, the morning for one of the prophets, 10 days of mourning, which was very, uh, everybody's dressing up in black. And there was yeah. like people um, just being paying their respects and 
it was quite interesting to see. And in Arnabil, we met through this guy through warm showers. So what Nina said about the application where you can stay. And he was a mountaineer. Okay. And there was also another Swiss couple coming later. They were a bit younger, also bikepackers. And all together, we went and climbed Mount... Sabalam. Yeah, the Sabalam Mountain, which is the, the third highest mountain in uh, uh, Iran. It's yeah. close to 500 meters. It's like 4,800 Okay. And seven something. It's like five meters higher than Mont Blanc. Yeah. Which was actually quite nice experience. Yeah. But yeah. it was quite challenging. You felt really bad. And I also had a little bit of uh, headaches for the altitude. Overall, in Iran, it was more of um, meeting the local people and yeah. staying with them. And that was really interesting because we didn't really do that in other countries. We have been invited in Turkey for... Uh, Turkey was also really um, gen, uh, a welcoming country and a lot of people were just inviting us. In. Uh, but Iran, it was different because they can speak really good English. Um, yes. And you can learn a lot about the country um, and just feel at home. And that was really beautiful to uh, to experience. So we met like the whole family and... Uh, every day we would go to or this family or that family or and have dinner together so that was really nice Iran was less cycling more of just meeting the local people and staying with them and learning about the culture and about the history and then uh, took a little bit of time in Shiraz of being just a tourist <laughs> of course got to yeah yeah because yeah. that was the first time we saw tourists again and then you feel like okay now our, our bikes are not with us so we're really, <laughs> really <the> tourists here. <laughs> yeah and she was the first time we saw some west or some tourists again yeah first time in a long while because okay i think the last time was in um we met one german guy in Tabriz, which are also like all entourage because everybody's so interested in when they see a tourist and they really want to make sure you have a good time. So everybody's so nice and inviting. And yeah, but in, in okay. Shiraz, it's just so beautiful. Like the architecture over there and the beautiful buildings and the mosque is like incredible. And we went to Persepolis, which was one ah, the, it's on my list. Like the capital, the capital of the, the Persian Empire, yeah. which was destroyed by Alexander the Great, which was, yeah, nice. But you still see the ruins and how massive it is. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, pretty spectacular country to experience and see, and we really enjoyed our time in Iran. Yeah, I think the advantage you have is that you have a Dutch passport, so you can just turn up. But like, I can't just turn up. We have to do a tour. So I think if you're Canadian, UK, American, and now Irish, you have to do a tour in Iran. You can't just turn up yeah. and yeah. bike and stay at people's houses. You have to like arrange that. So that's a that's yeah, unfortunate. That's yeah yeah it is yeah we have met some people or seen some people um in shiraz they had uh, like a tour guide yeah yeah then we were like oh yeah that's true you don't not everyone has this advantage and can just be free in this country i think iran is one of these countries you really want to be free yes yeah i yeah. don't know yeah with the tour guide you also get to see a lot but yeah yeah, yeah. Or you to have this nice tour guide that sees it more as like, oh, you can stay at my place and meet my family. Some people are like that as well. So if you yeah. find something. Yeah. I think couch surfing is a bit there. The, yeah. there We had that as well like with the couch surfing. We, in the beginning, we had that we just would send messages to different people because not everybody would resp respond. And this one time we sent to, like, in Iran as well, we made the mistake of sending to two people. And they both were like, 
they have to come to me now. You've asked to come to me. We had to make a decision. It's like, no, you already said you're coming, so you have to come. And yeah. my mom is already cooking. Like, it's three days in advance. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. like crazy. We felt a little felt bit, a bit bad. bad. But, yeah. So Sorry. we're like, okay, we're not going to do that again. So we just send one message to one person. Yeah, that's fair enough. So Iran is a place that I want to go to, but obviously it's going to be different to your trip. But if you've not got one of those passports, then yeah, I'd, I'd implore people just to go and do it almost like a trip on its own in terms of not being on a tour. I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, we were very lucky because we were just there before the protests. So we had some oh, yeah, friends who went to uh, Georgia first and then wanted to go to Iran after. So the couple we were with in Turkey, um, one of them, they were just entered Iran, mm. but then uh, got picked up by like the police or like the hidden police. And they were interrogated for like a full day and had to oh, wow. hand in all their uh, electronic devices and everything got tapped. And they like, felt so unsafe after that. So they made the decision to turn around. And the other couple right. that we were cycling with, they didn't even bother going to Iran anymore because yeah. of the, the current situation. Yeah. Um, and there was no internet. So it was or, uh, really hard to navigate and everything and get mm. around and get in contact. So. We were very lucky that we were there just before that, and I'm not sure how the situation is right now. But uh, we hear that some people decide to go into the country, so there are still cyclists who are going. I think. Ah, uh-huh. okay. Sure. But I think wow. it's it's not worth it because you never know what. Will... I think at the moment it's pretty calm, but it's yeah, yeah. You don't know. I don't know. I think we're gonna just touch on a couple of questions about just logistics of bikes. Did yeah. you ever have a maximum time? or distance that you'd bike per day or any rules no but it, it changed throughout the, the time we were cycling because in the beginning we cycled in uh, october and the days were really short uh, oh, yeah. so yeah uh, it took a while in the morning to warm up and then if it was warm you had to take all these layers off because you had all your layers on and then it was too hot and then you stop again and the days were so short so we had to stop at four o'clock to find a place to sleep and then cook and put our tent up yeah, you don't before... want to set up everything in the dark no mm. because it was really cold when the sun was down i think mostly we try to live with the sun i think that is okay. our biggest rule is like uh, we try and not cycle in the dark we don't really like that in a lot of countries you never know if people drink and drive yeah uh, try and have your tent there when the sun is down and we don't have a rule in a way that we don't want to um we want to have all the freedom we want to say yes if we want to so yeah uh, if someone invites us our shortest day is eight kilometers because we were invited by people and Mm -hmm. they said oh this is our house but we have to work here are the keys and um enjoy (laughs) <laughs> they were they were we people who are doing like um, making um, bike packing routes as well in turkey and yeah. they said like you can stay if you want and otherwise just throw the key in the in the postal door if you if you leave mm-hmm. um but then we decided not on staying and there was so friendly and we had really nice conversations with them as well so that was our shortest day and our longest day is probably around 110k so wow. um which for other people is not very long but for us that's Perfect some people it's really long and some people wouldn't like some cyclists are more about the kilometers yeah it sounds long so i think in the start <laughs> in october the average was like maybe around 40 50k a day yeah and um towards the end it's more like 80k a day yeah in southeast asia yeah 
Okay. And you mentioned Southeast Asia, so we won't have time to go into the, the route there, but you had a break, you went home, then you went to Southeast Asia. So your route there was Thailand, Laos, Vietnam, Cambodia, then back to Thailand. Uh, I guess yes. the question for me is, what was the main difference biking in Europe to Southeast Asia? It's hot and wet. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, uh, we were uh, uh, surprised on how nice it was to cycle in Thailand. So that was really nice. Um, uh, I mean, the people give you a lot of room and it was really easy going. It felt different that you feel dirty and, and it's just really hot and, and moist. And that was a difference. Yeah, you feel more dirty. So that is one change. And um, because we mostly sleep in a the wild. There we yeah. have to say we slept mostly at temples. Um, because okay. there are toilets and you can shower. And most of the temples say yes, if you ask. So that yeah. was really nice. Yeah. And yeah, it was just, I think, a lot easier, to be honest, easy. because there was oh. food everywhere. And okay. um, yeah, it sounds a bit weird, but because we could stay at the temples, we had showers there and water and the monks are very friendly. And we had mm -hmm. this tip from Warm Showers House where we started off uh, with in Bangkok. And then because there's just food everywhere, it's and cheap, really affordable food. Like we couldn't even cook ourselves for the same price. And it's definitely not as tasty as what you can get on the, on the, the street for that. So, and it saves you so much time. You don't have to do grocery shopping. You don't have to do the cooking part. So it's like at the end of the day, we'll just find a street vendor, get some food, um, put it in our bags and continue cycling to the temple. And then one person will just heat it up or we'll just eat first and then have a shower after and set up the tent. And that's why I met the was just a lot easier. Yeah. So Thailand for us, it was very beautiful and nice, but it was less of an adventure because well, they say everything was easy. We had showers, we had toilets, yeah. we had uh, yeah. food all around the corner. So it was <laughs> fairly easy. I to think get the adventure started in Laos um, again, where uh, there was less food everywhere. And we went also because of the, uh, the route we took was through the mountains. And it was just one big adventure with all these small villages who never have seen a white person and oh, yeah. yeah normally yeah. the kids were running after us like sabadi hello and just <laughs> were very enthusiastic but yeah. there was one point where we had to go like really through the remote areas like no paved roads and it was very hard with the bikes um ah. but the children over there were actually scared when they saw us because they've They're never crying. seen a, a white person oh running into the bushes yeah it was really just really sad <laughs> yeah wow yeah and once we got invited there and it's like so hard to get food so when we were there we got invited by a family and they just catch rats in the mountains so they met like a rat stew <laughs> so we just ate with the family <laughs> it was okay. very chewy and not my my thing actually the stew was quite nice but <laughs> i gave most of the rat to the dog <laughs> wow that's very that's very rustic wow yeah yes. it is so uh that was allows was just one big adventure yes. for us and it was really really cool yeah yeah and you just have to be lucky to find something like no, normally you would just have feu or like the, the noodle soup right almost every day mm. um and these, these very remote areas like there's one point in time we had to actually ask people who were living in very primitive, primitive houses. houses they built their own houses there and we had yeah. to ask them for water because they didn't ah. have any water left and they had like scooters so they could just uh, go out of the mountains and get some water got their jacket and, and fill our bottles up and we felt a bit like oh sorry that I'm oh, yeah yeah water because they had to go out of the uh, the, the mountains with their scooter to get some more so 
but we needed some water. We were all out, so yeah. And even um, on time for lunch, we were asking also where can we get some food, and it's like there's no food here you can buy. So this man was just finishing up his lunch, so we could hit, eat his leftovers. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and is, they were really happy cool. to invite us, so that was nice. But it was a very because in the beginning we were in uh, villages where they still had some stores and yeah. uh, sometimes even a restaurant, sort of for the for the other village uh, for the people in the village. Mm-hmm. But then after a while, we were just really, really remote, and we really didn't know that there was no no other uh, restaurants or shops. Very wow. very remote. Yeah. Okay. And is this where you had your accident, Nina? No, uh, my accident was in Cambodia. I had two okay. more accidents. Oh, one okay. in uh, Vietnam. Yeah. yeah. One in Vietnam, I with breakfast, I spilled uh, boiling water on my pants. Um, oh. And I had a real bad uh, uh, burn on yeah. my leg. Yeah. And that's, uh, I, we couldn't cycle for two or three weeks because of it. I had to clean it and keep it. Uh, yeah, to make sure it didn't get infected because it's yeah. really, really bad. Yeah. yeah. So we stayed more with the, near the close, the big cities. So if anything would go wrong, we'd go straight to the hospital. Hospital, yeah. And, and we were traveling in a different way because we were using the buses to get around. So we put the, the bikes in the buses. Yeah. Which is a bit of a hassle, but. It will if you travel in that fashion. You always go to the more touristy places or yeah. the the bigger cities. So so yeah. that was Vietnam for us, and then in Cambodia, I fell off the bike, and that was close to the border of uh, Thailand. Okay. Um, and that was the moment that we decided, okay, we need a break of the bike because I didn't think I could cycle because I had some problems with my my left hand. Uh, so. We we decided to uh, to hike change changes up and we wanted yeah. to hike so um, decided to go to Japan and you left your bikes in Bangkok yes we left the bikes in Bangkok and some warm weather clothes or so the people uh, from... hot, cold, cold weather clothes we would uh, we could leave there as well so the people we met up at the start of the trip in Southeast Asia and we went. Uh, they helped us out, so they came and collect us from the bus station, also with the bikes, because you know she was injured, and me with the bags and the two bikes. So it was very nice um, of them, and it felt a bit like we had like a a safety net there, because these people are just so easygoing, friendly, and helpful. Um, we really appreciate them uh, a lot, and we we could leave the bikes there and. We were lucky enough that I had a, a friend who is a pilot. Uh, he could bring our hiking stuff to Bangkok, and we could have the, the because we didn't bring the the, the backpacks, but he, he could bring them uh, with him. And we met up in Bangkok, and from there we started planning to do the the hike in Japan. Yeah. Okay. And I wasn't going to touch on it, but as you mentioned it, Japan was the last place before Australia. Um, yes. So. Just very quickly, what was your plan for hiking Japan? Was it like different trails where you're walking from one end to the other? What was your plan? So Japan has a lot of long distance trails. So we just uh, decided on choose one. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, and we knew we wanted to go to, uh, or we flew to Tokyo. We wanted uh, to go to, um, yeah, uh, Kyoto and Osaka. So and we really wanted to be more in nature, uh, where in mm-hmm. Southeast Asia, there was just a lot of life, people everywhere. And we needed a sort of more relaxed and more silent nights where we just can sleep through the night for once. Um, 
<laughs> because uh, in Southeast Asia, they like to party. <laughs> um, so we chose uh, a route that was going through the mountains, mostly through nature and then between uh, Tokyo and Osaka. So it was a 1000 kilometer hike and we didn't yeah. need to yeah, check other uh, trails. And it's the Tokai Shizen Hodo, um, which mm -hmm. is like the Tokai nature trail, it's called. And it goes like the maximum stretch that you go without going to a village is like four days. So okay. it was very easy for planning and uh, you don't have to buy like the high range stuff and everything. You can just buy every time you go to the convenience stores or the supermarket. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have to say that Japan is really easy with a lot of uh, hiker meals in the stores. Yes. Yeah. Not yeah, really hiker market. meals, but it is like it is really. They have free stride meals just in the store where you can buy and like emergency rice. We just add warm water and hot yeah. water. Yeah, that's why that was pretty nice. Very easy. Very easy yeah. country. They've got everything in vending machines. There's always oh, options yeah. available. It's yeah. just a dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, even like in the most remote places in the mountains, like next to. Uh, there's a beautiful temple, and then there's also a vending machine there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I remember it well. Okay, so now you switched over to hiking, but you're now in Australia. So, any future plans for Australia or afterwards? So we are now at the uh, last week. We this was the first week in Australia, and we uh, stayed just with the family, did some trips, but not a lot. We it was just a week of being with the family. Mm -hmm. um, but today we are going for a few days uh, by car through the country with the backpacks in the back. So we can hike, we are going to camp um, and explore the island a bit Yeah. for a week. Yeah. Okay. And after Australia? After Australia, we are flying um, back, to, to back to Bangkok because our bikes are there and we mm -hmm. decided to go home. Oh, we yeah. didn't really think that we would. <laughs> oh, okay. We decided that it's enough. That we, <laughs> it is has been uh, two years, and in total, we have uh, been uh, on the road for sixteen months. Sixteen months. We cycled yeah. like thirteen thousand k, walked over one thousand k, and we just feel like we have grown as people, as persons, like yeah. uh, as a whole. And the trip has given us so much and a lot more than we hoped for. But now we have some goals which we can really just accomplish back home. And um, after being on the road for so long and living such an quite an adventurous life, you want the other side of the spectrum. So we yeah. are getting a little bit more comfort and stability and routine. So okay. that's like something we're really looking forward to, to be honest. Yeah. And still, we really want to have an adventurous life still. But yeah. Um, I and think... I think uh, we can also say that. Uh, at home, there lies in a new adventure, but it is home. Um, but new adventure is uh, like trying to build a, a life where we can uh, where we can have freedom. Yeah. And our idea is uh, to live in a yurt. Okay. Uh, and that is our new goal. And I think that is a a, a big adventure in its own. <laughs> yeah. So. And that will be like in the Dutch countryside, I guess. Yeah. So yeah. the idea was already laying there before we went on this travel. Yeah. And my parents were really keen on uh, going out of the uh, the city as well. We are all yeah. city people. When we were on the travels, they found a house with a um, big piece of land as well. Mm -hmm. So the idea is to place the yurt in there on their land. And okay. Um, yeah. Wow. 
and live there. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. That's a cool. Yes. It's a cool aim. Yeah. yeah. Big change. I mean, yeah. we don't know how it is to live uh, on the countryside and uh, get out of the city. So yeah. uh, we, I think the, st the start is go there, feel how it is. Do we really, really want to? And if we want to, then we are gonna build um, the yurt there. Yeah. Work, save up, and then build the yurt. And also that gives us a lot of financial freedom to do what we really want. So. Yeah. We don't have a mortgage or have to be stuck in in the same place or the same job and we can still do like more traveling which we want to do there's so like you, like you said as well there's like so much to see and to explore so mm. much to do the uh, never-ending list yeah let's just get <laughs> longer and longer yeah, yeah yeah no one completes it so, like, so there's always something yeah so that will give us the the, the, the time and the money hopefully to to live a more life where we have control of our own life um because we have like that financial freedom so that's something we hope to accomplish and for people listening now who wants to do a trip like yours like biking specifically any last tips that you would give um i would look at what you want to do is like a very long trip um, then it's better to have to get like a touring bike it's a shorter trip you can go on a racing bike or a gravel bike and um, which a gravel bike you can also do but just make sure like what do you want to do what do you need and plan for that i think in these kinds of travel and uh, the biggest thing to adjust to is at ho so at home we always plan everything and we uh, really know what is going to happen in the next months and years mm -hmm. where on your travels you have to break loose to that feeling that you need to plan everything um because plans will sort of um take the experience uh, away from what you can experience if you just don't have a plan and say yes and less planning just let everything just come yeah. in your way yeah, and i think flow. just go go with the flow yeah. And, yeah. and just go and and just go and do it and and don't be scared because there's a lot of things that can go wrong but there's always a lot of people that will help you or you always find a way um anywhere in the world uh, yeah. yeah like everything will work out yeah. Uh, in a way, even if you get like stranded somewhere, there's always people everywhere that you that are willing to help. And the world is a overall a very kind place, and the people are very, very helpful and nice. And like sometimes we just look at the news and everything could be a bit negative. We have a mm. negative view of the world, but if you go out and explore, and like 99% of the people or even more are good and kind. So just go and do it. And before we get to social media and websites, a uh, quick question Where did you meet Lawrence? I can't remember. <laughs> it was in Laos. Ah, oh, okay. Um, yeah, so... We were on the on the slow boat uh, from uh, Thailand to yeah. Luang Prabang. Luang Prabang. Yeah. Yeah. So we yeah. met there, and he was um, with this group of Dutch people, and they all met on the boat, and we were kind of started talking as well, and then mm. we in Luang Prabang we were a bit of a, a click. So uh, we also <laughs> went to see a waterfall. Of, it was like a thirty k ride, and it was actually Lawrence who said like. Oh, let's do it your way. Let's get on the bike and let's <laughs> rent the bikes and go. And we were like, no, we just wanted to take a rest off the bike. <laughs> but then, uh, yeah, it was very nice. We just went uh, on the bike to to the waterfall, and in those couple of days that we were there, we were all together, and we also went to Nongkiao, uh, which yep. is a little bit further nice. uh, into the land of those very beautiful place. Mm -hmm. And we actually had COVID there, so we didn't see each other that much. But Lawrence came around and got us some 
uh, apples and stuff and some food uh, to make sure that we were okay. But it was nice to see how everyone was on the bike and how it was for them to experience a day on the bike in yeah. other <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, we have, we've always stayed in touch through WhatsApp, like there's yeah. the, the slow and groups app, which yeah. is actually quite active. Still, people are some of the people who have done their travelings, they're already back home now. And mm-hmm. A couple of us are still traveling and uh, yeah, people are already making different plans and very nice people. So I so hope to catch up with them when we go back home. And for Lawrence, we don't know when we're going to see him again because he's, I think he's going to go to Hong Kong. Hong Kong. Yeah, he's in Hong Kong. I yeah. Think, so. yeah. Okay. And where can people find information about your trip, social media and website? Yeah, so we have an Instagram and it's called Traveling by Pedaling. Uh, both with double L, um, where you can see mostly in the stories uh, all the countries we have been to, and also a couple of uh, just photos in the. Mm-hmm. And then the oh. website is travelingbypedaling.com. Oh, I thought it was. And we have uh, a website where we have uh, like a blog, and I think that's uh, more we've written down everything in, in English, uh, so yeah. we have some photos on there. We have to say we haven't been very active on it lately. Maybe. in the beginning we had a, a tablet with us um, oh, yeah. on the bike, but when we started hiking, we left the um, uh, tablet in Bangkok. So mm-hmm. it's not that easy to work on it on an iPhone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I'll put the links in the show notes so people can click on that and yeah. get access and to you guys. we have Polar Steps as oh, well. Do? I don't know if oh, you okay. know it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm on there. And it's also yeah. traveling by pedaling. It's under my name, Nina Kaptein, but it is the the travel is called traveling by pedaling as well. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll grab that. And we, I think that's actually the best application for our travels because you have unlimited photos and unlimited space you can write and yep. we show you on the globe, which actually the globe we have used as well to integrate into our website. Yeah, I didn't really keep up with it, Polar Steps, but my girlfriend did religiously, so she has that for our trip. But yeah, you're right. I think it includes everything. The map, the steps, the blog, the photos. It's a great app. I just need to get into it a bit more. Yes. Okay, that's great. So we're going to finish the episode with some quickfire travel questions. So these are going to be some of your favorite things that you've seen on your travels, not just this one, but maybe previously as well. And maybe we, we can do it between you. So you can have one each and then agree on one option. So the first one is... Hey, yeah, just a quick one. I just want to say there are many ways to support this podcast. You can buy me a coffee and help support the podcast with $5. Or you can go to my merch store with the affiliate link with TeePublic, where there's plenty of merch available to buy, such as T-shirts, jumpers, hoodies, and also some children's clothing. Thirdly, which is free, you can also rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser or Good Pods. Also, you can find me on social media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and TikTok. Simply just search for Winging It Travel Podcast and you'll find me displaying all my social media content for traveling, podcast and other stuff. Thank you. It's travel question time. Uh, three favorite countries together that you've traveled to. So maybe one each and then one combined. Oh, okay. I think it's going to be the same. It's like okay. Turkey. Um, uh, Thailand. Oh, yeah. And Japan. That's a great three. Okay. Which three countries have you not traveled to that, that you'd love to travel to next? So I think... Definitely Nepal. Yeah. 
Nepal is really high on our list and mm -hmm. New Zealand, but it's a bit, bit far and I think it will be later on. And Iceland. That's a good three. New Zealand's really close. You just go there now. <laughs> yeah. It's over the water. We yeah. don't really have the time, but yeah, uh, yeah. in the future we'll definitely come back as well to come here and explore. And also, I think we want to do it more in, in summertime so we can really of do course. the hikes. Oh, yeah. 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 I get that. And now it's going to be a bit chilly. Three international foods or cuisines that are your favorite? Definitely the Thai kitchen. Yeah. I like Italian food. It's just really good. And we love the Turkish food as well. And they have these locantas, locantasis. You can, uh, it's just really, it's everything is tasty and really cheap. So, yeah. Okay. And what about a favorite, uh, just one here, favorite walk or hike trail? We have to say, we, this was the first hike for me. So, I oh, okay. <laughs> oh, wow. Straight into the long distance one. Um, yeah. For me, I, I was didn't really think it was for me hiking, but I okay. really enjoyed being uh, out in nature. So I I can only say one because I want to experience one. Yeah. Okay, then um, uh, I really like the one in, in Germany. It's called Westberg. It goes through the um, um, Black, Black Forest. forest. It's mm -hmm. a really beautiful one and I loved it. I did it with my mom. It was nice. And if you both can pick one each here for a city to sit and drink coffee and watch the world go by, where are you going to sit? Um, I would say Istanbul. Yes, we love Istanbul. Yeah, great place. Good coffee there as well. Of course, Turkish yeah. coffee. Yeah. But we say we really like the Vietnamese coffee. Yeah. But then the oh, yeah. Istanbul. Yeah, <laughs> Istanbul. Got it. Okay. And what about a landmark? Can be nature or man-made? Um, we really, it was very beautiful. Tuzgulu, the salt lake in, mm. in Turkey, is very nice. I okay. think it's a smaller version of the Bolivia one. But it was yeah. very beautiful. And we were there with the, the sunsets. So it was all the colors were changing all the time around us, like in the air, but also on the ground. So it was really, really beautiful. And what about, uh, let's go with a country that you've not lived in before, where you'd live for a year? Uh, Japan. You lived in Japan? Okay. Yes, I think we both said it when we were uh, arrived there. That, that was just a country where we would see ourselves live. Do you have a different one? No, uh, yeah. Like you would we, say we, Tasmania, I think. Live <laughs> in Australia. I can live Australia, in Australia. Yeah. But also in Thailand, we said we could start a business, like outdoor camping kind of community there. Yeah. The only places. thing is that in Thailand, the yeah, the moist, the the hotness. Yeah, I wouldn't live there for a whole year. I think. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, we flew from Nepal to Bangkok for one night because we had to connect a flight to Taiwan when we landed the humidity was like 80% and it just hit me I was sweating like instantly I was like what is this like, I haven't yeah. been there for a while but that was crazy <laughs> yeah. yeah okay the last question is if you were to give some people maybe two or three sentences each as to why you should travel and maybe quit your job and go for a long trip why should they go it will help you grow as a person uh, it will help you get a positive uh, more positive outlook to the world and uh yes it's, it's just an, an overall great experience you will feel very happy about yourself and just yeah give you a more positive view and and it helps you to grow personally and respect i think it also makes you uh, be a lot more grateful for what we have and even appreciate the, the small things 
you don't have to travel in the way we do but for me even now like things like running water and hot water um are things that i'm grateful for because it just everything uh, in everyday life you just take it for granted but if you don't have those comforts or there are things then you really think okay well we really have it good and if you travel you also see that in other countries it's not the same so um yeah be a bit more you'll be more grateful for that you also see all these different kinds of uh, cultures you see different ways of living and you can decide for yourself how you would like to fill your uh, life and maybe make small and big changes in your life that you see in other countries and think hey wow that is so nice in the netherlands we are maybe a bit stuck in the way and um yeah for for us i think we have found a lot of different small things we would like to take home. Both thanks for coming on to the podcast. It's been a great chat and I've learned a lot from your travels and it's been a really cool, inspiring chat. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you, you so much. For, yes, thank you so much for your time and having us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to my Winging It Travel podcast episode today. You can find me on Instagram at James Hammond Travel or Winging It Travel podcast. You can search for both. I release weekly clips of this podcast episode, as well as photos from the last eight to 10 years of my travels. You can also follow me on TikTok, Facebook, and Pinterest by searching Winging It Travel Podcast. I do release daily content to do with travel and the podcast throughout the week. Also check out my website, jameshammond.org. There's content about myself, my travels, and there's also a newsletter sign up as well as a contact form. Finally, please rate and review the podcast on Podchaser. This is my platform of choice. Alternatively, you can rate this on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts from. This really helps the podcast gain a bit of traction for the future in terms of guests and content. And I'm glad to see that you guys are listening out there, reviewing it and enjoying the content so far. Stay safe, stay humble, keep listening, keep traveling, and I'll catch you soon. Cheers, James.